study, we're going to uh, take a break from Acts, as we've already noted, uh, for a few weeks, actually. And uh, in the will of the Lord, that next Sunday we'll have a, a visiting brother taking an, up another subject. And following that, we'll be taking up Micah for two Sundays, Brother Thomas Wheeler. So we'll take a break from Acts just for a, a few weeks. But today, we just wanted to bring up this most important subject of spiritual gifts. Talked about a lot in the Bible. Those are four chapters before you that uh, speak of spiritual gifts. It's easy to remember, 12, 12, 4, 4. Right? If we want information on spiritual gifts, why, we can go 12, 12, 4, 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, in that order. The last one, 1 Peter 4, just has a couple of verses, but it does help in the uh, understanding of the matter of spiritual gifts. Now, they're referred to in a number of other passages in the Word of God, but those are the uh, primary ones that list the gifts that each believer has and give some instruction on it. So what we'll do this morning is we'll read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If we can all turn to that, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a long chapter, but we have some very able readers. And uh, once you get there, we'll go ahead and start. Brother Isaiah will help us, J.J., Hunter, and Michael. Reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of the knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits. To others, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Twelve through twenty. For all the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew, Jewish or Greek, or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in the fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not, I am not of the body. It is, therefore, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole whole were hearing, where would be the, the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one, one member, where, where, where would the body be? 
But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head of the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on those we bestow great honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and ye show, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Thank you, readers. So let's begin our lesson then on spiritual gifts. There's two objectives this morning. In some measure, we'd like to understand spiritual gifts. And in another, we'd like to begin to utilize spiritual gifts. It's one thing to understand something, but quite another to actually put it into action. A lot of people know how to be saved, but some people go through life and they're never saved because they never trust the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And so when it comes to the, uh, the subject of spiritual gifts, we'd like to get some measure of understanding and then utilize them, mobilize them, put them into action. Okay, let's think of spiritual gifts and before we actually start the subject of spiritual gifts, I'd just like to think of the, just a general thought or matter of gift-giving, right? Aside from spiritual gifts, just gifts. All of us like to give and receive gifts, right? Whether it's birthday, whether it's holiday, whether it's no special day, right? We like to give and receive gifts, right? Well... When it comes, you know, you know, when you go shopping, oftentimes in certain holidays, you know, say you'll see this sign, uh, something like, "Here's the perfect gift." Well, we know deep down there's no perfect gift, right, that mankind can make up. But we do know that there is a perfect gift. The Bible talks about a perfect gift, right? James one seventeen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every believer is gifted. Now we're beginning to switch over, right? We're not talking about just general gift giving that we understand on a horizontal basis. We're talking now about a gift that every believer, if you're here this morning, you're gifted. You know, they like to uh, say, you know, in the school system, you know, this one's gifted. I was here the other day. I had to go into the gifted class, right? And I go, and there's just a few handful of boys and girls and one teacher, and they're huddled around each other because they are gifted. Well, every believer in the Lord Jesus is gifted. How does that? First of all, the word that's used for gift, we're going to look at it in a few minutes, the gift of God, Right? God is the greatest giver. If I'm ever going to be saved and have eternal uh, salvation with the Lord, have the assurance of heaven, I have to receive the gift of God. Now, I know that's fundamental to most of us here. 
But it's not in the world. And it's not among religious people. We have it in our minds that somehow we can merit our way to God. If we're going to get eternal life, we've got to work, 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 work. Right? I'm going to have to do something to merit God's attention to me. You know, I've got to pay, pray, and obey, and all of these things I have to do because I'm going somehow to earn God's acceptance. That is not so. That is not so. By grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. The first part of that verse says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is the first and foremost gift we'd like to consider. Because when we look at the study or the subject of spiritual gifts this morning, it won't apply to you if you have not received this gift of eternal life. Just think about this. This really blows our mind. That our Maker, our Creator, would, though we had turned our backs on Him, He would give to undeserving sinners the gift of eternal life. Just think about that. That, that. that should just overwhelm us. That the almighty, transcendent Creator God would see fit to give to an undeserving sinner the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not anything that we do by our own merit, but it's the almighty, transcendent God that sees fit to give to an undeserving sinner His gift of eternal life. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look at Christ and pardon me. That's the gift of eternal life. So that's the first one. Every believer, every child of God is a gifted child. And I hope that should thrill you this morning as it does me. If I am a believer, if I am born again, if I am indwelt by the Spirit of God, I am a gifted child, right? I don't have to be recognized by the school board of Broward County or Dade County or Palm Beach or wherever. I am a gifted child if I know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. That alone should thrill us. And that could be the bulk of our lesson this morning. But alas, we're going to go on from there. But I trust this hits home with each of us here that if you have not received the gift of eternal life, you would this morning. So let's look first of all at a definition of spiritual gifts. Spiritual enablements by God's grace to carry on His work. Remember, God is doing a work from heaven before the Lord Jesus. Uh, uh, when the Lord Jesus was here, He began a work. Which that's what Acts tells us, right? He began to do a work. But after He left, He continues to do that work. What's He doing? He's calling out a people for His name. He's, he has the, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, and then the body of Christ. If you're a member, uh, uh, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you're a member of the body of Christ, and God is calling out a people for His name. So these are supernatural abilities that God gives to... that are given to each individual believer to carry on a work that is humanly impossible. Now, we're going to delve into this a little bit, but in our chapter this morning, we read the, that particular uh, word that occurs five times. Now, it's, it actually occurs in the first verse, uh, but we're looking primarily at a specific Greek word. Most of us are familiar with the fact that the, our, our New Testaments were written in Greek, and there's one specific Greek word that we're going to dwell on just for a few minutes, but it's mentioned five times in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we just read in our, in our hearing. And that word, when we uh, transfer here, is, and if you're a Greek scholar, forgive me if I mispronounce, charisma. I'm speaking that in English, right? 
I think most of us have probably heard that word or a form of that word, charisma. But that's the word for gift that occurs a number of times, five times in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the Greek word for gift is charisma. That's the English uh, translation. You've probably heard charismatic, right? Oh, that's a charismatic church, right? Well, every child of God is every believer in the Lord Jesus in that sense of the word is charismatic, right? Because we've received a gift, charisma. We have received one or more gifts from the eternal transcendent God. Every believer is charismatic. This is very important. All believers are all have some responsibility in the body of Christ. We have the impression today that we come to church and we watch the few perform, right? We have the worship team, we have the pastor, we have the, all these leaders, and they, we sit and we are, we are, they're performing for us. But listen, that is not the way the New Testament is set up. Everyone is members one of another. We're not here to watch a performance. Oh, wasn't it great today? No, we are part of the team. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you're part of the team, right? You're a member. Everyone members one of another. So let's look at this word charisma as we go around the New Testament. Now listen to what it says. Every one has his own gift of God. You mean it's not just Billy Graham? Or Luis Palau, or these, uh, or uh, whoever else, the, all these radio personalities, aren't they the only ones with gifts and not little old Joe Christian? No, all of us have. Everyone has his own gift of God. Now, again, this should thrill you because not only has God given you, if you're a believer, the gift of eternal life, but he's given us this spiritual gift for the upbuilding of the body of Christ to build up one another. And in our most holy faith, everyone. Now let's let's burn that into our minds. It's not just the the the, the uh, teachers, uh, the apostles, the pastors, and evangelists. No, it's everyone has his own gift of God, and we'd like to uh, look at that. Do not neglect the spiritual gift that is within you. This is very important. This is a warning. This is a warning from God. If you have, if you're a believer, don't neglect it. Now we're going to look at this a little more later, but don't neglect it. Can you imagine what is it like if your friend, your, uh, your mother, your father, your, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, they give you a gift and it just sits in a closet and you never use it. Has it happened to you? Yes, it's happened to me, right? We give this great gift and the person doesn't use it. God has given you a spiritual gift. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. We're going to find out what those gifts are in a minute, but just keep that in mind. Don't neglect. Paul wrote to Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. You have a gift. Now, now use it. And then it says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it. That's where we're cut into utilizing. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Listen, church life. Assembly life is more than just coming and sitting on Sunday. And, you know, I perform through the week. I go to my job. I go to my family. And then, well, when it's convenient, I come and I sit in a pew. I open my Bible. I do my church thing. And then I go out my business. No, that's not the way the New Testament designed it, right? Each one has received a special gift. Again, it's not for a select few. It's not for a select few. Everyone has received a special gift. What is yours? Everyone has received a special gift. If you're a believer, 
Everyone has received a special gift. Then the apostle writes to Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. We have it. God has given to us. We must say to God, what is that spiritual gift that you have given me? I want to not neglect it. I want to stir it up and use it for your honor and glory. You've given me a gift. I don't. Can you imagine what it's going to be like one day? And this, the Lord tells a parable about this, right? To stand before the Lord, you, you know, it was it the, palette of the ta- uh, parable of the uh, pounds or the talents? You know, oh, you, one one man says you've given me five. Now I've I've, I've, I've uh, multiplied it to ten. And but one says, oh, you've given me this little gift. This talent, this pound, and I left. I, 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 I laid it up in a napkin. I neglected it. I didn't use it. Can you imagine giving account to the Lord of Glory, who was given a special gift to build up the body of Christ, and you're saying, "I didn't use it. I neglected it." You know what that is? Eternal loss. The judgment seat of Christ. Eternal loss. I can't go back and live life over again. That's eternal loss. Everyone that, that it, it talks about it in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 3. Gold, silver, precious stones that will abide the fire. But what about wood, hay, and stubble? I've, I've done a lot of action. I've done a lot of... I, oh, I, I've been in, oh, we're going to look at natural talents in a minute. But I've been fleshly energetic and I've done all this. And look, doesn't that count? If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. And you don't get to start over again. There's no second chance. I hope this sinks down into our minds and will take serious this matter of spiritual gifts. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the Roman church. I want to impart and share some spiritual gift. Is that your desire and mine? To impart and share some spiritual gift? Or do we want to just sit at home, twiddle our thumbs, go about our business, watch Christian TV? No, that's not the way it goes, right? We want to impart and share some spiritual gift to strengthen and to establish you. And lastly, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, as a whole, you do not lack any spiritual gift. And we trust we're going to find out today how you, how I fit into the body of Christ remembers one of another. So spiritual gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given unto us, says Romans chapter 12. Remember 12, 12, 4, 4. Now, this is a necessary subject. Before we get to identifying them, time is rolling. It's a necessary subject for the body of Christ. One member can't do it all. Again, the standard package for a, new, for a, for a, for a, 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 a Christian church today is you've got one man, maybe you have a team, and everybody comes, they file in, they, they watch. Oh, and some of them actually watch screens, right? They have satellite churches. Right? You come and you watch a screen, you sing the songs with the, with the TV, and then you go home. Is that what the, the New Testament church is about? Can one member do it all? No. Everyone is members one of another. It's a, certainly a necessary. You'd wear a pastor out if he had to do everything, right? So one member cannot do it all. It's a, certainly a necessary subject for the body of Christ. There's a great need to mobilize. We don't want to handicap or paralyze the church of God. Listen. We, I, I, I hope this, this, this hits home. You know, it's a sad thing when a human body is lacking in some way or another and that human body can't function 
in a normal way. There's some handicap, some uh, uh, paralysis that has set in. God does not want that for His body, the church of Christ, right? And you, by neglect of your spiritual gift, can handicap or paralyze the body of Christ. Is that what you want to give an account to the risen Lord for? The one who has risen and given gifts to men, Ephesians 4 says? Oh yes, you've given gifts, but I'm not going to do anything, Lord. I'm going to neglect it. I'm not going to stir it up. But we can paralyze or handicap the body of Christ. There's no useless member in the body unless the member fails to use the gift. No useless member. Sometimes we get the impression, well, I'm not, I'm not gifted like her. I don't have that gift. You don't have that gift, but you have your gift, right? And don't fail to use it. Don't be useless by not using the gift that Christ has given. Don't be useless by neglecting the gift that Christ has given. We think, oh, I'm useless. I'm no good. I don't fit in. I'm just not gifted like her or I'm not gifted like him. It doesn't matter. God has given us a special gift that we might employ it, right? First Peter, in the service of the body of Christ. Now, there's a danger in neglecting. We don't have much time, but in 1 Timothy 4, it seems that last verse where it says, don't neglect the gift that is in you. In that last verse, verse 16 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, if we had time to go there, he says to give heed unto those things that he has written that you might save yourself and them who hear you. But save yourself. What do you mean save yourself? Well, save yourself from spiritual loss at the judgment seat of Christ by neglecting your spiritual gift. We must beware to take God seriously and not neglect the gifts that He's given. Now listen, this is very important. There's a difference between natural talents and spiritual gifts. I may be the best musician in the world, I may have the best singing voice in the world. I may be the best typewriter in the world. These are all, and we can go on and on. These are natural talents. They're good in their place. But we're talking now about spiritual gifts that are supernatural abilities given by a supernatural being. That is God. We're going to look at that in the next slide. There's a lot, there's a big difference. And I am convinced that in many of our churches today, what we have is talent shows and not a display of spiritual gift. We have one after another that come and they show us how they can play and how they can sing and how they can perform. And that takes up the bulk of the, the, the assembling together of a particular gathering. It's a talent show and not a display of gift. There's a difference between... Now, we're not downplaying natural talents. Thank the Lord that, that God has given us natural talents. But spiritual gift is something different. Spiritual gift is something different, and we want to distinguish between the two. There's a great need for bodybuilders, you know. When I was young, I used to watch this, follow this certain course, you know, that if I did these exercises, I would... Oh, you know, he was the, now he's the governor, and now he's disposed, I think. But, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was my idol back then, right? You know, I could, I could pump the iron and do the exercises and I could be like him. This is not bodybuilding like that, right? We want to build up the body of Christ, right? We want to we want to utilize the gift that God has given us and build up the body, right? And build our own self up as well, right? To be bodybuilders, every part 
of the uh, body is designed to give. And all are equally important. This is so. We read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Some may be less noticeable, uncomely, unpresentable, and so forth, but all are necessary. All are equally important. So let's go look before we close, and we will identify some of them. By the way, <clears throat> we have in the back on the back table spiritual gifts test. Now, if you'd like to utilize this, it's great. It's merely a help. It's not meant to be the final indicator, but there's a number of exercises in there that can help determine your particular spiritual gift. First of all, let's look at the dispenser of gifts. Of course, it's God. But God is three persons, right? God the Father seems to be the one mentioned in Romans chapter 12. Remember, 12, 12, 4, 4. God the Father gives the gifts. He dispenses the gifts. God the Son, Ephesians chapter 4. The risen Christ, He ascended up on high, led captivity captive, and He what? Gave gifts to men. That's the Son of God, right? He gave gifts to men. We're going to look at that maybe if we have time. And then the Holy Spirit. All that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the Holy Spirit giving these gifts as He will. He gives them as He will sovereignly. And then the discovery. Now this is important. If we have time, probably what we'll do tonight encourage everyone to come along tonight to just to bear to dwell on this a little more because it's a very important subject but if we were to look at Romans chapter 12 let me just take two minutes here to look at Romans chapter 12 and you can see perhaps many of us are familiar with Romans 12 1 and 2 they're very well-known verses but they're in the context I believe <clears throat> of spiritual gifts to discover your spiritual gift, to discover my spiritual gift. What is the key? If I want the dispenser of gifts is God, but to discover the gift, God, what will you have me to do? Right, Paul said, Saul of Tarsus said to the Lord, what will you have me to do? So here's the thing, Romans chapter 12. The first thing, if I want to discover my spiritual gift, is I surrender to the Lord. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which was your reasonable service. Listen, how much of me is available for the Lord to spend? How much of you is available for the Lord to spend? Do you spend the bulk of your week working away at the job, slaving away, and then all uh, when it comes time, time for the things of the Lord? Well, I have no time. How much of me, how much of you is able to spend for the Lord to spend? Remember, He gave you, He gave me. For, we're created for His pleasure, not ours. We have it backwards in this world, right? Go, if it feels good, do it. Go out and do whatever you want, right? That's what the world says. That's our culture. But no, no, we were, we, we are to present our bodies. We're to give, God gave us a body, right? We're to present that body back to Him. We're to surrender. And then there's separation. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. What is your relation to this passing world? You know, the Bible says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Do I have to have the latest car and the latest cell phone and the latest boat and the best job and all of these things? Do I really? Well, the Bible says to be separated, to be conformed to this, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Word of God plays a big part in that. And then, sound judgment. For I say, verse 3, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly 
than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Or your tra- some of your translations sound uh, exercise sound judgment. What? According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So we want to exercise, when it comes to discover our spiritual gift, we want to exercise sound judgment. Recognize that we're to surrender ourselves to the Lord, separate ourselves from the world, and practice sound judgment. Now listen, this is so important. <clears throat> all, we haven't looked at them specifically yet, but all believers are to practice all the gifts in some measure. In some measure. Now, not these sign gifts. We're going to look at that in a minute. I can't practice, I can't, I can't go and be an apostle like Paul because they were the foundational gifts, right? But all believers are to practice all gifts in some measure. Here we go. I see a sister with the gift of helps, but she's struggling with the garbage bag. She can't get it out of there. And I'm standing there watching. And I say, well, give me somebody with gifts. Come help this poor sister. No, I, I, I have the ability within myself. We're, we're, employed, we're, we're told, right, we're commanded to function in many areas without having a particular gift. Those areas include serving. Serve one another, Galatians 5 says. We are to exhort one another. That's a spiritual gift. To exhort or to encourage one another. We are to discern or distinguish the spirits. We are to teach one another. Teaching one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And shepherd one another. That's that, you mean that's not for the elders? <laughs> they, they, they're the only ones that shepherd people. No. Paul writes in Philippians to Christians, not just elders. He says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I'm to look out for others and help to guide them along. So, just like you'd go to a general practitioner, right, your primary care physician, and he says, hmm, you need to go see an ENT doctor. Well, we have specialists in the medical world, but every believer is a specialist, and every believer is a general practitioner at the same time. We're to practice all the gifts in some measure, but we do specialize, if you will, in one area. There should be a special area that you recognize from the risen Lord, from God the Father, from the Holy Spirit that you have received, and you can utilize that. There could be one, there could be two, there could be three, there could be more. Right? But we're all to be general practitioners. Okay, we're almost done. Let's look then. They can be divided up in this way. Sign gifts, such as apostles, prophets, healing, tongues, etc. These are some of the ones that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Remember, Ephesians 2.20 says the church was built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That's past. Do you have some today that says the apostle of this church, the prophet of this church, I'm a prophet? No. Now, now we're prophets not in the sense of foretelling that was that we we've been looking at that by the way we've been looking at that on Wednesday night I would encourage each believer to come along to be instructed in the word of God excellent interactive Bible study 
but we've been studying about what the, the modern day prophet, if you will, to foretell the Word of God. He can't be like the prophet of old that would receive a direct message and tell. No, the message is right here in the Word of God, a wonderful book. Sign gifts are the apostles, prophets, healing in tongues, etc. And then there is speaking gifts, pastors, teachers, evangelists. These are very important. Let me just think of one that's not there. Etc. means there's others, right? What about the gift of exhortation or encouragement? It is so encouraging to see those that have the gift of exhortation or encouragement speaking to another fellow member of the body of Christ. They're down for one reason, medically or spiritually or emotionally or whatever, and they bring a word in season to encourage that brother or sister to lift up and strengthen the feeble knees and the hands that hang down. There's a speaking gift of encouragement that I can encourage the body of Christ. I can take aside a sister, a brother, and, and say, look, here's what I've learned. In a humble way, right? To encourage a fellow member of the body of Christ. And what about the gift of help? Well, the helps is the next one. Let's go. Sign gifts, speaking gifts, and serving gifts. Exhortation, discernment, helps, mercy, right? It's a wonderful thing to have. You know, we're all to show mercy one to another. But there are those that God has supernaturally given a gift that their heart constantly goes out to the body of Christ and they want to help every single one that comes across their path extend mercy to them in some way and to lead them along in a Christ-like path. Now, I think that's it for our general look at spiritual gifts. But as we've said, there is... Tonight, what we're going to do in the will of the Lord <clears throat> is go into the 12-12-4-4, right? Well, first of all, you can take one of these uh, spiritual gifts tests, remembering that this is not meant to be the final indicator. It's very helpful because it helps to examine me and what my areas of ability and gift are. And remember, we're going to distinguish natural talents. Some of us are natural talkers, right? Some of us are natural critics, right? We don't want to be, we want to distinguish between that, right? But we want to find out, we want to not only realize that God has dispensed these gifts, but that we are to discover. Now, there really is, as, as the front of this says, there really is no command directly to discover our gift. But there's enough verses, right, that say to stir it up and not neglect it and so on. So we want to take God serious and not put our little gift, not little gift, excuse me, not put that tremendous gift that God has given us and hide it in a closet. I don't ever need it. I don't want it. Use it. No, God. Uh, you know, when the invitation went out in, in Matthew 24, that's what that word neglect is. When the invitation went out in Matthew 24, come for all things are now ready, they made light of it. They made light of that invitation. And they said, I have to go to my farm. I've just married. I have to go here. I have to go there. They didn't take God serious. Don't be careless about the gift that God has given you and God has given me, but to stir it up. So this will help. You may want to take this and look it over. And then there's some notes on specific spiritual gifts. And there's another handout there that is very helpful to uh, aid us in identifying 
our particular spiritual gift. Look forward to seeing as many as can tonight because I think it'll be a help to look. Oh, when you see throughout the Bible to see individuals that are displaying their gift, it is so encouraging. And I know we could spend the, the rest of the afternoon pointing out individual believers in this assembly as they quietly go about exercising their spiritual gift. It is so refreshing to see the body function together. Remember, the church is a body. If one member doesn't function, there's something wrong. There's a handicapping. There's a paralysis. We want every member. That's what the New Testament teaches. Every member to function in their particular area of gift to build up the body of Christ. May it be so then for His name's sake. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we're thankful this morning for this wonderful subject of spiritual gifts. Oh, to think that the perfect giver could give gifts to men and women. Oh, our God, we are grateful for this. We thank you first and foremost for the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray that if there is one here that perhaps is religious, but not saved, that they would come to know him and receive that gift, knowing it's not something that can be earned. And for we who know the Lord Jesus, having received the gift of eternal life, that we would recognize that God has given us some special supernatural spiritual gift oh god we thank you for this and we do want to be uh, we do want to be used for your uh, honor and glory we think of the apostle paul as he could say bring mark with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry we want each one of us to be profitable for the ministry here oh god we pray in jesus name amen